And it's an Only Scott episode. Lucky you. Episode 28, I believe. God damn. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. I'm a bit late. Um, well, if anyone really cares that I'm late. Um, been a busy week. Lots been going on. I was trying to do this podcast the other night. And I'm old and I was too tired. <laughs> I gave it a go and it was just really shit. So I decided that I would just postpone it to Friday. And here we are. So let's get into it. Um, I kind of wanted to touch on a couple of things today. But the biggest, uh, last night I went and watched um, Homebrew. Um, if anyone knows who Homebrew are, they're a um, Kiwi uh, rap group. Um, they've were quite a big deal about, uh, 12, well, 11, 12 years ago and they kind of went a bit off the map and then they're starting to come back now. And yeah, I, I didn't even know they were actually still going. And my mate was like, oh, do you, you know, he's put up on a chat. Like anyone want to come free ticket? And I'm like, shit, homebrew playing? Like fucking if I'll go along to that. And, like, I I went on to the gig, and uh, it was really good. Like, I've seen Homebrew before. I look probably, probably at Riven and Vines, like, way back. And I always, when I first heard Homebrew, I did not like them at all. Mainly because, like, in high school, people listened to them and thought they were hot shit. And it kind of just pissed me off. And there wasn't enough fucking chugger. I was like, oh, you know, there wasn't enough of that. Homebrew didn't do the chugger chugger and the and the screams. So I was like, nah, fuck that. I don't like them. <laughs> but um, I think I, they grew on me within, like, quite quickly, I think, because they had that song, um, Listen to Us, which I, I still really like. And I was um, like, oh, wow, these guys are definitely a bit more than just a bunch of, you know, kind of your typical rap group talking about bitches and hoes and drugs and drinking and that um though they still do talk about that but um they definitely had a little bit more depth and i think one thing i found really cool about homebrew and like watching them live last night really reminded me why they got so popular in my opinion and i reckon the reason why they got so popular not just because of the quality of like the i mean obviously having some somebody who's really good at beat production and Tom Scott's got a really big personality. But I think it was more because the way that they described and kind of portrayed blue collar life in New Zealand and the way they would talk about social issues and the, sorry, the way they talk about social issues, but in such a Kiwi cheeky way that is so sarcastic and also brutal i think so many people connected with it and that's why they got really popular i mean just thinking like i watched i watched last night like watching them last night and they had like some of their classics like bad bad whiskey and you know alcoholic and things like that and they're a bit tongue-in-cheek and then there's actually like this quite dark underlying message. Same with when they did, they did listen to us, which is a really great song. Check out. They didn't do benefit though. I was a bit upset about that because I love that fucking song. Such a good song. Um, for yeah, just talking about being on fucking welfare or the benefit and what it's actually like in sort of um, 
they do it in a way that just really um in, like captures <laughs> i think a lot of uh just those little cultural nuances of telling the story about what it's like being on the benefit and like getting the beers and not really looking for a job and just saying funny shit. Like I was listening to the song um, before I went to watch them live and just as one lyric just cracks me up, just like, oh, shout out to our case manager. <laughs> Fucking funny, man. Um, so yeah, it was really great seeing them and also, their song that really struck a note with me that I hadn't listened to in a, a long time was um, Bourbon and Coke. Fuck me, that's a deep song. Uh, and I, well, as I was watching, I was like, man, I was so wrong to not like these guys when they came out. Like, I'm not really a big hip-hop or um, kind of rap guy anyway. But you got to appreciate how clever and musical they are because... I think compared to a lot of other rap groups, these guys are definitely much more musical and they seem to have a very good kind of finger on like social and cultural, uh, I guess, kind of what's happening. And I've just really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And yeah, it kind of felt like a throwback, but it also felt very relevant still today like listening to the songs i'm like fuck these have not aged really some of the references like to john key and shit are pretty funny but i still wouldn't say that the kind of overall underlying message of a lot of the songs um has aged um some of the political views i mean i'm not super keen on all of them but that's also okay because i like people speaking their truth even if i don't agree with them because i believe that they're authentic and they're being real and telling the truth. Uh, yeah. Fucking just blowing smoke up their ass, aren't I? <laughs> aren't they great? Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. This isn't rock music, Scott. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, fuck, guys. I also listen to hip-hop sometimes. <laughs> Only when it's from Avondale. So, there. There you go. Um, so, Homebrew actually wasn't my main focus of my fucking chat today. The actual main focus that I wanted to get into more of was about record labels. Um, but I thought it was kind of like a nice transition to talk about that show. And to kind of go into a little bit more about uh, the big three, the big three record labels. And and one thing I reckon that musicians get a bit confused about this. And I reckon potentially the general public might not quite understand is that record labels still have a massive hold on not just the biggest artists in the world, but they still have a massive impact in terms of the marketing, the business, the branding, what artists make or break. These record labels still to this day run the fucking show. They just do whether you like it or not. And that's definitely, you know, in my opinion, something that I'm not always that keen to hear about, but it's just the truth. Like even you can run your own musical brand today. You know, you can release music on Spotify and all the streaming services. You can, you know, shoot your own music videos, put them up on YouTube. You can, uh, you know, organize your own tours and print your own merch. These are now just prerequisites 
um, to basically be a part of a record label these days. And I think now to really pop as an artist is fucking hard. Like it's always been hard. It's always been hard. But I think now just because of the just mass amount of music that is uploaded to Spotify and the streaming services every day, and even the music videos I could put up on YouTube, there's just so much competition. There's so much music out there. There's so much to sift through. And these record labels, I think they understand now, probably not just now, like probably 10 or so years ago, after all the torrenting and I think after they probably did, so what was it kind of after, I think like LimeWire and torrenting and sort of how the internet changed the music industry completely and they found a way to uh put you know kind of they found their feet and i reckon now they totally have like a hold on the industry again like they did before but it just looks a bit different so from what i understand because i've heard this from a couple of industry people that what they look for a lot is also what pops on like tiktok or instagram right probably more tiktok because more younger people are on tiktok so they look for what's popping on there and then they will look at everything else like what music do they have uploaded how many followers do they have how many streams do they have and then from there they will probably you know get in touch with the artist or maybe offer a record deal and then they'll try and work out some distribution or touring and all that and it's just another way of like record labels owning you essentially it's kind of the same thing except before the only way to get your music out there was for a record label. That was the only way you could do it. Whereas now we don't need it. But in a way, if you want to like, don't get me wrong. It's still possible to pop on your own. I think, I think you, you, no, no, sorry. You definitely can. However, I think potentially not just with longevity, but to really kind of, let's say you want to get a Grammy or let's say you want to, go on tour with a big artist you're probably gonna have to be on one of those big record labels what record labels am i talking about so there's the big three so there used to be a whole bunch of record labels you know back in the day so the they were all um kind of all sorts but the main three these days are universal music group sony music group and warner music group um they've all been around a long time and the other big label that some people might remember is EMI. But EMI have not been relevant. Sorry, it got. I think they got merged with Warner, I think. Um, yeah, they got merged and haven't, I think they went out of business in 2014 or 15 or something like that. Just is what it is, you know. But these record labels still run the show, man, so... I've got a couple of stats in front of me right now. So Universal Music Group, global market share of 32%. And Sony Music Group have a global market share of 22%. Warner Music Group have a market share of 16%. So they still like, you know, run the show pretty much in terms of like distribution of music, probably have a lot of control in terms of uh, a lot of the artists out there who are selling a lot and um yeah like that's just what it is they also own a shitload of independent labels and uh, you know there's a whole umbrella you know i'm not going to 
go through the hierarchy of all of them, but just as an example, like um, Universal Music owns a shitload of record labels. Like they also own, uh, just to note a few, Abbey Road Studios. They own Def Jam Recordings, if you know, like the hip hop label, Capital Music Group, uh, Virgin Music, people might remember, or Island Records. Um, and then Sony Music also owns like a shitload of like their own. They own like RCA Records, Columbia Records. They also have all the different Sony music groups across the, all the world, like Japan, UK. So there's a shitload of ownership there. And then Warner Music is also massive as well. You've got all the Warner artists, but then you've got like, I think they own, oh, I'm just looking at it here, um, Asylum Records. I've heard Fueled by Ramen for the pop punk and like metal. And then they have um, Roadrunner Records for like, like, Slipknot were big. I don't think they're on Roadrunner anymore, but they were for a long time. So these companies still have a massive hold on on current music and all the music business that the music business in general. Like they still have a massive, you know, kind of hold on this uh, to this day. And the revenue is still massive. So currently, I'm just looking at Universal Music Group. They made, uh, uh, the, they reckon ten point so ten point one billion dollars at the end of twenty twenty one. Ten and everyone's like, "Old oh, music is dead. No one pays for music anymore." Well, someone's making a fuckload of money. I mean, obviously, you got to understand that they also own a shitload of these, you know, uh, lesser labels, and they still have control over them and you know whatever but <laughs> 10 billion fuck that's a lot that's a, that's revenue that's revenue by the way just want to make that clear that's not including all the expenses and overheads and whatever paying out shareholders that's fucking profit so take that you know like when people say record labels aren't relevant and all that and it's like yeah but nah you know like that's kind of my thinking behind it um Another one as well is Sony Music. So they, in revenue, they made $8.86 billion in 2020. And I've got Warner Music Group here. They made, um, in 2022, they made uh, $6 billion. Uh, this is in US uh, dollars. <clears throat> dollars. Voice break there. So once again, kind of proves the point that these labels and Com- these record la- these record labels have a lot more control and still have their hands and your favorite artists, you know. I mean, there's so many stories. I mean, I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but Taylor Swift um, re-recorded all her music and all that shit, and you know, like the people, like even like Metallica, had to fight for ages to get their publishing back from record labels. Like, I mean, there's stories. I mean, there's so many stories. I mean. There's heaps of artists who have had to fight for it. So it can get quite freaky. Also, a lot of the time, with record labels is the revenue split. Um, so from what I understand, I've heard a few different stats in the industry. Um, I think these days it's maybe more like 60, 40, 70, 30, 80, 20. I think 60, 40 is if you're really fucking lucky. Um, and what I mean by that is 60% of the profit, uh, sorry, the revenue goes to the artist and 40% goes to the label. 
but the labor wool stores t- will have to take a cut regardless. You know, they always will. And it used to be worse back in the day. I think it used to be 90%. Uh, I'm not too sure. But I think it was 90% the labels, which is fucking so much money. Um, when you think about it, yeah. 90% of a band's revenue or an artist's revenue. That's just, that's fucked. And then also, if you want to record an album, you take out a loan. Like, the studio will provide you with, uh, you know, a recording studio to go to to record your songs. And, of course, kind of all like the, you know, they'll help you get on some tours and potentially help you move. I don't know if they help you, they'll help you move merch, but they'll take a cut of that too. So, you know, the music industry is still going hard and they are still making a fuckload of money. It's just the model now is different from what it was before. Um, but yeah, I kind of found that something I just wanted to touch on a little bit because I still think there are people out there these days who think like record labels are irrelevant. Do they even make any money anymore? Is it still profitable? My answer to that is it absolutely fucking is. 100%. It definitely is. So anyway, there you go. So that's my little rant today. A little uh, insight into the record and, you know, recording industry. And I will catch you guys next week. We'll be back with a guest. So it won't just be listening to me rambling on like an idiot. I'll be rambling like an idiot with somebody else. Hooray. So you can look forward to that. Um, I haven't actually met this guest before, so I'm quite excited. It should be fun. We've had a little bit of messaging back and forth. Um, they seem like a pretty crack up. They seem pretty fucking funny. So that makes me uh, excited. And it should just be a good fucking time, man. That's the only Scott, man. So I'm here to just have a good time and have a good laugh. So that's what we're here to do. Anyway, I've been rambling. It's been real. I'll fucking catch you next week. Bye.